Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. And while another uh, overtime, I should say another point at least for the Wild Gym as they pick up one uh, last night, but a little bit more of a loose game uh, for them, would you say? Yeah, that was not one of their better performances. I thought they were a step slow most of the game. Uh, I thought Fleury kept them in them, kept them in the game even when they weren't playing very well and didn't look very energetic. They end up, uh, Boldy had just a brilliant goal uh, and ended up with a couple of goals, but one of them was just be- just a beautiful goal that kind of seemed to energize them. So they hung in there. They get a point out of it. Again, not a great performance, but at least they at least they got a point. They're still ha- kind of hanging in there in fourth place in the conference. Yeah, fourth in the conference and, and uh, second in the division. Uh, you know, if the playoffs began today, Colorado would be their matchup. I don't know if that's necessarily the best for them, but it's it's not a, a done deal yet anyway in the playoffs. If you were, uh, you know, picking a hand-picked opponent, it could be, Dallas, Colorado, could be Seattle or Winnipeg as well. One of the wildcard teams, if they would win the division, who would you take as a favorable matchup for the Wild, do you think, in that first round? You know, a week ago, I might have said Edmonton would be a nice matchup, but Edmonton's suddenly very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at goal differential, Edmonton's plus 41, and the Wild's only plus 19. Mm-hmm. The LA Kings are only, are only plus 18, uh, you know, and they're one point ahead of the Wild. I don't think they scare anybody. It's just not a powerhouse kind. I mean, Vegas has played well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you might be catching Edmonton or Colorado at the wrong time if you had to play them right now. Uh, Dallas is a really good balanced team. I, you know, so I guess you would hope that you end up high enough that you can play Seattle or Winnipeg or somebody like that. I don't know if that's going to, you know, that's going to be the outcome. Yeah. Close to it though. I mean, they're hanging right in there only yeah. a, what a point back in the division or so. So how does the NHL do their first on matchups? Is it by division or is it by conference? Uh, it's, you know, boy, I'll have to look it up again. Mm-hmm. My understanding is it's just one through eight and you just seed them out. Okay. The, the, uh, so last time I looked, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. it looked like they were going to play, uh, it looked like they were going to play Colorado, but I'll have to double check on all that. Yeah. Uh, as... And you know, looking up the NHL bracket right now, it looks like, uh, it's failing me right now. Uh, <laughs> it looks like. Looks like the Wild would play. Oh, not, oh there we go. It looks, yeah, right now the Wild would be matched up with Colorado. Yeah, so you know we'll see how that goes. It's a ways off yet, uh, and it's uh, again close in the standings in the Western Conference in the NHL, just like it is in the NBA. Very tight uh, in the Western Conference as well. Uh, so uh, the Wild uh, heading down the stretch here. Uh, so Major League Baseball has has been trying out the pitch clock. Uh, I think it's met with uh, good reviews, but not rave reviews necessarily from the players themselves, who have offered some feedback. and And baseball is going to tweak it a little bit. This was kind of to be expected you know you you roll it out you try it uh, can we make some tweaks and make it a little better it sounds like they're going to try and do that yes and by the way just looking up the uh, top ranked team in the conference plays against the lowest ranked wild card the other division winner plays against the higher ranked wild card so it is a it isn't just one through eight it is the division so the winning the division does have uh, some cachet mm. to it all right uh, and right now again the wild will be playing colorado if the playoffs started today yeah listen i'm, I'm absolutely fine with them tweaking uh you know, it's a it's a completely new thing for Major League Baseball, yeah. and they need to find something that works. That, but I just don't want to. I just hope they don't go overboard in listening to players. These players 
don't buy the tickets and don't have to sit there. You know, players don't care if the game lasts four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else, managers, coaches, organization, fans, TV executives, everybody else cares how long the games last. Uh, so, you know, a player being extra comfortable because they have more time to be, get ready between pitches, I don't care about that at all. I think the game desperately needs fast speed. And I tell you what, when I watch baseball, I do not miss the, the dead time. I don't miss the standing around between pitches. Yeah, and some of the things that they're talking about seem to make a little sense, though, if a catcher has just uh, come in from running the bases and things like that and give the umpires a little more leeway to at least delay the start of the pitch clock. That would seem to make some sense. I I think that's exactly the way it should work. I think the umpires uh, have a really good feel for for players, player fatigue, a pitcher covering a base, uh, a catcher being fatigued for some reason. You know, I don't want want – it to look like pitchers are having to sprint back from first base to grab a ball and throw a hurried pitch. Mm-hmm. I just want to see, I just want to see the elimination of dead time. And that, that's not dead time. If you have to go cover first base and go collect yourself and get ready to throw a pitch, that's fine. Yeah. How do you think the umpires are going to do with watching a clock and watching a pitch at the same time? Do you think is that, have they mentioned anything about that being any kind of uh, a barrier yet? I, you know, I, I haven't heard any complaints about it. Um, and, Listen, I, I think I think the pitcher is going to get the benefit of the doubt. You know, if, if if he's getting ready, if the if he's into his motion as the clock's going off, I don't think that I don't think they're doing this to punish pitchers or to look for a way to to impose themselves on the game. They just want the game to flow. Yeah. And as long as the pitcher's keeping the game flowing, I, I don't think they're going to be eager to penalize them. Any concerns about the Twins uh, so far? They're not scoring a lot of runs. They've been shut out about four times here in spring. Uh, two concerns. One is that uh, they're going to start the year with Buxton's DH, mm-hmm. uh, with Kirilov and Polanco on the injured list, and Miranda is still not throwing very well right now. So injuries are number one. Uh, that That is a huge concern for a team coming off a, a season that was completely ruined by injuries. Mm-hmm. That is a concern. Uh, number two is uh, if Kirilov and Polanco are not starting, if Miranda isn't able to play every day, uh, and if you're playing Michael Taylor in center, then who's going to bat in the middle of the lineup and produce runs? Mm-hmm. And, boy, they're going to need Miranda to be really good. They're going to need uh, Gallo. Uh, and Kepler, you know, on our podcast, Roy Smalley always says he thinks Kepler might be the key to this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if he's if he can hold down the three or four or five spot and produce runs and hit the ball over the fence, a lot of things fall into place. If he doesn't, then who's going to produce runs? You know, it's uh, Buxton's probably going to bat near the top of the order. Correa's probably going to bat second. Uh, you're going to have people on base, but who's going to who's going to bat th- three, four, five and drive in runs right now? I don't know. Yeah, hopefully somebody steps forward and, and can stay somewhat healthy. Are you watching the uh, NCAA tournament? Yes, and uh, frankly, I'm, it's not the most compelling bracket to me, but mm-hmm. uh, watching Marquise Noel play for Kansas State <laughs> was is, has been he's, – he's amazing. He's an amazing player. He's exactly the kind of guy you want to watch in March Madness. Too. Yeah. He might not project to be an NBA player. He's only 5'8", but he's a great college basketball player. Yeah. I was watching the game last night with my almost 95-year-old uncle here in uh, Devil's Lake, and he said, who's that little guy out there? He's really good. Yep. You know, and what, fall of five foot eight, and he just controlled the game. He had the game on a string for much of it last night. And, he, you know, listen, he hits big shots. But to me, the beauty of basketball is passing. And, and he's a great passer. He throws with anticipation. He has a great connection with his teammates. He puts the ball exactly where they want it. And that's against a great defensive coach. He tore, he tore up Tom Izzo's defense 
repeatedly last night. Yeah, and and uh, Dick Vitale said that game last night was the best passing game he's seen in 44 years of covering college basketball. Now, Dickie V's known for a little hyperbole, uh, but certainly it was a, a fun game to watch. The ball moved and guys were scoring. That's what makes the game great. So, yeah, the games in the 80s or in the 90s or whatever, and you think, uh, boy, not much defense. Well, yeah, but the offense was so good, and it is an offensive-oriented game. It's an offensive game. And sometimes when we praise defenses, what we're really saying is the other team just didn't shoot well. Um, I, I thought, yeah, I, I listen, I don't, I, you know, Dickie V is known for hyperbole. I agree with him. That's yep. as good a passing game as I've ever seen in college basketball. Yeah, that was a, a lot of fun to watch. And and so once we got down to the Sweet 16, boy, Alabama and Houston, the top seeds is still remaining. But there's some other uh, teams that can knock them off. I, I was really impressed with Gonzaga last night and how well they played. And UConn as a four seed looks nearly like a one. UConn looks great. Uh, they have size. They're really well coached. They play defense. They can shoot it. Uh, they're, they're, they're versatile. Uh, they look really dangerous to me. I agree. Yeah. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Sue Han brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.